And bonjour, all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, November 9th. I'm very excited today because I'm uh, hopping on the Silver Bird and flying to Japan tomorrow. And I can't wait. I've never been there. And uh, there's 18 of us going. We're going to have a great time over there in Japan. And um, I can't wait to even see what the food's like on Japan Airlines. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited. Well, anyway, I'll try to keep it under control. Hey, I, I have a great guest. I'm going to introduce her in one second. But uh, before I do, I just want to say hi to everyone I saw at uh, the Catherine uh, Gustafson uh, talk over at the uh, Bainbridge Museum of Art. That was such a great talk. That woman is an incredible landscape architect. She's doing so many incredible things. And she grew up in Yakima, you know, and uh, uh, right now she's going to, she's just starting to redo the whole park all around the Eiffel Tower in France. So holy cats. I mean, can you imagine getting the French people all to agree on one plan? Oh, la, la. Okay, well, that was a lot of fun, and we went to a great pizza place, and I give you a restaurant review. It was right on the strip there in uh, Winslow. The problem is that uh, I never got the name of the restaurant, so <laughs> it was good, though. Okay, hey, listen, right now, I want to introduce a good friend of mine. She's a designer, speaker, and writer, uh, and is totally, totally famous in the South Sound, but uh, quite famous all through Washington. Sue, Sue Getz. Hey, Sue, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. Thank you, Cisco. I'm good, and I'm happy to be here. Well, it's really great having you on. You know, and you know, you're famous for all your garden designs and all of the work you've done, but you are, as far as I'm concerned, you are the expert on herbs. Nobody knows herbs like you do. Awesome. I, you know, my favorite plants to grow. You let, I mean, let's talk herbs. That's all good stuff to me. Well, and you have that great new book that uh, you just put out. It's uh, A Taste for Herbs, Your Guide to Seasoning Mixes and Blends from the Herb Lover's Garden. It's such a great book. So, I've been thinking a lot about trying to grow some herbs in the house. And I've done it over the years off and on, but I haven't had the greatest success with it. So I thought this would be a great topic to talk about. And before we start, I want everybody to know I've got a link to Sue Getz right on the front page of Cisco.com. So you can click on that and see all her books, find out how to get a hold of her if you want your garden design or have her give a talk. But, uh, but hey, uh, do you grow herbs in the house much? You know, I do because I feel like I have to because I really miss having fresh herbs in the winter because they're loaded in my garden all summer. But I really love it when I can... Um, have it to pick like in December or January, you know, something like that. So definitely a must for indoors. And I know there are some challenges and I I get asked all the time because it is a little tricky. There's a few things I think you have to know uh, to really be successful. And 
so, and I think if if, if I dive right into that, sure. Thread, um, you know, it's it's to me the number one challenge that most indoor herb gardeners have is getting enough light on the plants. Um, because they really like to have a lot. I mean, we have to imagine it's summer and it's sunny. Yeah. And if we find a window that can give us all the sun that we need, and if not, you're going to have to maybe choose to, to put um, grow light or something, especially if you really um, get hooked on herbs and have to have them fresh. So oh. You're going to figure this out, right? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> You know, I've always thought, I don't have one. I always wanted to have one of those windows that um, sticks out, you know, it's kind of like a little greenhouse thing. And wouldn't it be nice to have a south-facing window like that right above the sink in the kitchen? Oh, my gosh, you'd have the humidity, you'd have all that light. (laughs) <laughs> everything yeah it'd be perfect wouldn't it i i have uh my window doesn't project out but i have a really fabulous kind of southwest facing window right over my kitchen sink oh, and it has a really nice windowsill so that's like always loaded like I, I with with herbs all over it because i i have to just pick away and that's the best light and so i hardly can see out of it it's like a little mini jungle but but i'm okay with that i really like it that way oh yeah that would be so nice i bet it smells good when you're uh like you know doing the dishes (laughs) oh absolutely absolutely that's that's actually one of the better parts of it all it makes my kitchen smell good especially you know if i'm cooking and and the and it's getting warm in the kitchen especially baking this time of year it the herbs start warming up too and they'll start releasing their essential oil oh. so it's, it's just like who needs air freshener this is this is it right here this is natural <laughs> aromatherapy oh man that's so great and you know i know that uh, i from reading your book there are so many wonderful health aspects to uh cooking with herbs it's incredible what are some of your favorite ones to grow inside? You know, I've got, I'm just thinking about what's sitting on my windowsill right now that I, I, I'm really glad I have in. I rescued them from that crazy cold snap that we uh, had. And yeah, I've yeah. got, I actually have some tarragon and some mint, a little mint plant that I keep nipping at so it doesn't take over the place. And <laughs> lemon thyme, which is my absolute favorite variety of thyme. And I have a rosemary. I nip at a little bit, just a nice fresh smell. And then I actually have some basil, which to me is is kind of that have to have plant. Oh, you know, I agree with that. Now, how do you do? You actually start your basil from seed because I was trying to find some basil starts at the nurseries, and uh, it's just they're not selling them this time of year anywhere I went anyway. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just, it, it is definitely out of season at garden stores, and so I do start mine from seed, and I have to tell you, one of the, the things that, the real tricks to seed starting, basil in particular, and I'm, you know, not fancy when I plant my seeds, I just, you know, poke them in the dirt and say, here you go, get growing, but <laughs> basil really loves heat. I mean, it's a oh, summer herb, and yeah. and it needs heat to germinate, so you might have to, you know, stick it on the uh, top of a dryer or somewhere where there's some heat <laughs> that generates, because ah. that'll be really good for it, and in the seeding stage, which is really interesting to me, 
basil doesn't need to have light to germinate, oh. so you can't stick it on top of the dryer. Oh. And then as soon as you see that green little leaves starting to emerge, then you do have to get them out in the light. Oh, but, that's a great you know, you tip. You can kind of play the game of keeping them warm so they emerge. Because if, if you don't have that heat on them, then they're going to fuss, and, it, and they'll not, they're not going to grow well for you. And that's really, I think, the biggest number one. It's like, just remember, basil loves heat. Yeah, and it will grow better when you give it that. So how long after you start them from seed? Is it a pretty long time before you get to start harvesting, or do you get to start pretty early on? <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because I have some little ones in my uh, windowsill right now. I have a big one that's real leafy, and I try not to defoliate it too much when I'm cooking because <laughs> it's, it's just so much basil, oh. right? And, and so I have a lot of little seedlings, and they're all about, oh, probably three or four inches tall right now. And I actually have been nipping at the leaves because it's kind of this microgreen moment where it's just a little, as long as it has those real true leaves, you know, not the, the little seedling leaves right. that happen, but when it starts to get, especially these Italian basils with the big, you know, fresh golden kind of leaves on them. And then you can nip at them, but you just have to be careful because you you know this. we got to have leaves so we can have more chlorophyll and, and grow big. <laughs> I know. It'd be too tempted to eat them too fast. I guess, though, you could pinch them out. You don't get a lot when you do that, but that'll make them push out more. And so that's always yeah. a good thing. What? Totally, you, or either that, or just keep seeding. Just keep making, just keep growing little baby seeds and, and eating them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. Listen, we have to take a break, but I want to let everybody out there know if you've got a question or anything for Sue Getz, we're talking about growing herbs inside. This is so fun, and I'm slobbering all over the microphone here, just thinking about <laughs> all that wonderful basil. How can anyone stand being away from it? It's just not the same getting that dried stuff, you know. So uh, yeah. So yeah. we'll talk more because I like I'm going to ask you about French tarragon because I can't grow that in the house. I have tried. I've never succeeded. But we'll ask that when we come back. If anybody wants to ask a question or Sue, please call in one triple eight nine seven three. Five four seven six one triple eight nine seven three Cairo. Hey, we'll be right back with Sue Getz. She's the author of A Taste for Herbs. It's a great herb book, and uh, we'll be right back. Ninety seven three Cairo FM. Welcome back, and I'm talking to Sue Getz, and uh, she's a garden designer, speaker, and the author of a couple of books, but uh, Taste for Herbs is a real favorite of mine. I just love it. All right, now I'm going to stump the Tweedle out of you, Sue. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes, I'm ready. I can't, I can barely grow French tarragon outside, and I've never had luck inside. What's the trick to growing that? I have a I have a trick for you. So tarragon can be a little fussy, and and here's why. So first of all, it really needs really good drainage, and uh-huh. if you actually plant it in like too good of a soil, like too nutrient rich, composty, it actually doesn't do well. Uh-huh. And so my indoor tarragon, you need a soil almost like a cactus 
soil. You know, it has a lot of sand and drainage and, and really not too much nutrition, but just enough to, to kind of make the plant happy. That's the best trick to grow tarragon uh, successfully. All right. I'm going to try it again here, and I, I'm sure I'm going to probably have to try and grow that from seed. I'll be pretty lucky if I can find any tarragon in any nursery now. So Yeah, and you know, here's here's another little tip for you when you said grow up from seed. So so French tarragon, the real flavorful, licorice one that everybody really loves, that actually doesn't produce a viable seed, so you have to take a cutting, oh. and, and you have to grow it from a cutting. So here's the deal. If you can't find one, you let me know. I've got one for you. All right. <laughs> Thanks. Well, you know, that brings up a real point. Like, I've got lemon bombs still growing outside that I've been eating all summer. Oh, my gosh, I love that stuff. And uh, I think that's about the only herb I got left out there right now. I had some of that, um, oh, that persicaria that they call it, uh, what do they call that, uh, Vietnamese um, t- coriander. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love yeah. that stuff. But uh, I yeah. should have I should have taken cuttings of those before it got so cold. I guess. Yeah, I think we got a little bit caught this year because the frost moved in a little quicker than it usually does. I know I have a a few herbs outside that I I really wish I'd taken some cuttings. But right now I have uh, my flat parsley, my Italian parsley, and my mint, and like you said, lemon balm, which is you know super sturdy. Those are all doing really well. Those will take the cold. They'll take hit the frost and oh, and still okay. be able to harvest. I actually went out. Um, I was making chicken salad and ran out the door the other day and nipped off some Italian parsley, and it looks really great right now. So oh, cool. I'm crossing my fingers. It holds on a little bit longer for yeah, sure. That... It usually goes into dormancy, but sometimes, in you know, when we're sort of mild in the winter, you can harvest mint, you can harvest parsley's rosemary of course yeah harvest all year because it's just going 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 and sometimes time will overwinter really well and so you know it's always worth taking a walk out in your herb garden in the middle (laughs) of the winter just to see what's going on out there you might be really surprised that really is giving you some stuff oh that is so true and uh, boy it adds so much flavor to your cooking when you get fresh herbs like that i just love it so much yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it, it, it's just if you, especially if you have a maybe a restricted diet or salt restrictions or anything like that. Well, you just pop in fresh herbs, and you've got the flavor you need. You don't have to add a whole lot of things that maybe aren't good for you. You just add this stuff in the garden, and that's what makes it amazing. Well, that's one of the things I love about your book. You really tell how to cook with uh, herbs as much as growing them, and. Uh, you know, and and how to add flavor that'll make your cooking way more healthy and better for you than adding a lot of salt to make the flavor come out, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was my goal with this book. It's it's not really about the main dish because I think you know you can buy a, a really good cookbook you know, using the main dish uh, kind of meats and veggies and things like that. But this is really all about how you take those things and you use them to enhance your food. It, it's really the, the kind of kicker, you know, it kicks up yeah. the flavor of a main dish. Uh, that's what herbs are for, I think. I think that's, 
that's really the best way to look at them. And so in this book, I just really wanted to stick to it. Like, here's how you're really going to amp up your flavor. And this is how you do it. And what parts you use of the plant, you know, sometimes it's leaves, sometimes it's flowers, all of those things. And then as I was writing, I was putting recipes together and just kind of dredging up recipes I'd used for so many years. And and ended up with over a hundred of, of flavors that you could just really kick into butter and honey and even a, a little bit of uh, beverages, things like that. So it, it was fun, but it's really all about how you get that flavor out of those herbs. Well, I think, you know, all of us need to be growing some herbs in the house. And uh, I want to get uh, some basil going from seed right away. <laughs> that sounds yeah, so good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> So it sounds like the main tips, because we're about to uh, go to the news, and uh, so and I so much appreciate your coming on today, is uh, the main tips are lots of light, probably need warm temperature. Some of them, I imagine, need higher humidity than others. Like, I imagine basil really appreciates the humidity. And uh, do you just, if you get any bugs on them, do you just blast them off with water? Is that your usual technique? Yeah, do, to me that's the best way. Is just yeah, just wash them off. Just give them a good little soak a bath, whatever you got to do to to knock off the bugs because you don't want to you know do anything to your herbs no. as far as any kind of you know chemicals or no, anything like no. that. You just want to knock off the critters you're pestering them and and um, you know get them all cleaned up and it's great and and yeah, I think if you just remember light and warmth. Light and warmth. How is your success rate? Is light and warmth. Got it. Light and warmth. None of us are going to forget that. Hey, That's Sue right. gets. Okay. Hey, it's so great having you on the show. I de- I really appreciate it. And just a last reminder: her book is a taste for herbs. Your guide to seasoning mixes and blends from the herb lovers garden. It's a terrific book. And uh, Sue, I so much appreciate your coming on today. And uh, I got a feel that a lot of people are going to be growing herbs now in their house this winter. <laughs> well, I certainly hope so. Thanks for inviting me on because we got to, you know, get some more herb gardeners going out there for I, sure. I, boy, do I agree. Okay. Well, Sue, thanks again. And I'll see you at the Flower and Garden Show for sure. Oh, yeah. Okay, see you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, hey, we're going to go to the news now on 97.3 Cairo FM. And uh, see you around the corner. Bonjour, Encore. Welcome back. And uh, hey, let's go to Lake City right now. We're going to talk to Susan. Hey, Susan, uh, what's going on in Lake City? It's probably raining, huh? It's raining, yes. What a what a good guess. <laughs> yeah, I got so drenched walking my dogs this morning. So now yeah. for our house sitter, the whole dog smell the whole house smells like a wet dog. Oh well, life in the big kitty cat, huh? <laughs> Sounds lovely. <laughs> so I have an elephant ear plant. Um it was growing for two years straight in my apartment. Uh-huh. And I got tired of tripping over it because it's in front of my sliding glass door, so I had to move it whenever I wanted to go outside. Um, and recently the leaves started dying back, and I was thinking, hooray, it's going dormant. Yeah. And 
And I don't know if they do that, but then recently it shot up two brand new leaves. (laughs) And I'm wondering, can I cut those off and just shove this in a dark closet somewhere? Will it go dormant? I don't I think to, it's just in the way, and I'm tired of it. So we're probably talking about a calocasia here that gets those great big sure. leaves. Yes, a couple of them were over two feet long and pretty yep. wide. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Only seven of them, but it was took a lot of space. Oh yeah, I always wanted to bring those in the house at the end of the summer, but there's no way uh-huh. my wife would let me even dream about doing yeah. that. But um, you don't have to cut those extra those new leaves off <clears throat> if you okay. stick it in a dark spot and just stop okay. watering it it'll go dormant yeah i haven't watered it for a while okay cool i wasn't sure if i what to do but i just like i just wanted to stop yeah so it'll I go dormant it next year yeah and and, and then you got to bring it out in spring and start watering it very lightly at first and up the ante when you see okay. growth start and, uh, okay. yeah, you know, it's funny, just sometimes I grow those outside. I got one in my garden right now that I just love. It's uh-huh. got those black leaves, you know, and, uh, yeah. but, um, sometimes they survive over the winter and come back. Sometimes they don't, but I, sometimes I bring them into the garage and let them go dormant. I dig them up. Okay. But if, but here's the problem. They take forever to start growing again. So if yeah, when I first planted mine, it took about three months. So yeah. I'm thinking, oh, it's dead. Yeah, so you know, you so, might want to, you know, maybe in March, try and start, start bringing it back out if you got a warm spot in your house where you can put it. If you got to okay, put it outside, good. if you got to put it outside, that won't work. You'll have to wait till it warms right. up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's in a pot right now, so it'll be easy to start indoors. Oh, good. That's perfect. But I'll have to put it in a bigger pot. Because I planted it like you do an amaryllis with just a little space around the oh, side. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! And yeah! I later, I later read they like big pots. So. They like big pots. Pretty soon, you're going to have like that amaryllis is going to. I mean, that uh, chylocasia is going to be so big, you're not even going to be able to walk through the living room. <laughs> uh, well, that's kind of how it was. Um, oh, yeah. Because I did, like it was. Yeah, it only had seven leaves, but. It, its wingspan was wider than I could reach with both arms outspread. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, well, how cool to have so that in your house! You are so lucky. Yeah. I wish I yeah, could do that, but I'm tired of it now. Yeah, so. I bet you are. You're going to be giving that yeah. to somebody one of these days to plant outside. I can almost guarantee it. No, <laughs> no, I'm going to plant it out myself. I have a big pot in just the right place for it. Oh, so. perfect! Oh, neat! That's so. wonderful. Okay. Well, what a great um, question. All righty. Thank you. Okay. Take care. All right. And enjoy the rain and the dog walking. Hey, yeah. I'm really happy for the rain. I was starting to get worried about a lot of plants that I've got in pots that spend the winter outside. Oh. I was thinking, man, i got to start watering these, but not now. Oh, yeah. So I think. All righty. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Susan. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Okay, well, all right. Hey, if you want to give me a call, we got nobody on the line, so you'd get right in one triple eight nine seven three Cairo one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. But I've got plenty of emails, and uh, I got one that I thought was pretty interesting from Amy, 
And she goes, okay, I've heard you so many times say, don't prune your roses hard in the fall. Just, you know, neaten them up so that the wind doesn't blow them over, you know, if there's some really long branches or if one's going to whip around and hit people walking by it on the sidewalk, you know, cut that back. But don't, don't do the major pruning to spring. She goes, why? What's the reasoning behind that? And uh, I thought, oh, la, la, you know. <laughs> This is going to stump me, you know. But no, I started thinking about it. And anybody who grows grows roses knows about this problem. And that is they don't go dormant. So often, roses just try and keep growing, keep growing, keep blooming way off into winter until it gets really, really cold. And then they go dormant. So if in the fall, if we prune our roses back hard, there's a good chance we're going to tell them, start growing again. You know, you're not dormant. I've just cut you back. That's going to just, you know, inspire new growth. And uh, so what are you going to do? They're going to grow like crazy. Then we're going to get one of those really hard early freezes. Goodbye, rose, because it won't go dormant. You want them to slowly go dormant. And you don't want to do anything that will interfere with that process. So wait till – I used to always wait till March 1st. Now sometimes I do it a little earlier. But, uh, you know, uh, don't do it too early and don't do it in fall. you got a good chance you could lose your rose if it gets really cold. Okay, hey, we got uh, uh, Dila. I think it's Dila from Gig Harbor on there. Hi, uh, Della or Dila? Hi. Oh, are we taking a break? Okay, hey, we're taking a break. So, uh, Dila, I'm going to stick you on as soon as we come back on 97.3 Cairo FM. So uh, Brian, he's our engineer and also the person who answers and screens the calls and does everything on this show. Uh, he told me it's Diala. So Diala, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't know how to say your name. So welcome. Cisco, it's actually Deanna. Oh, it's, it's Deanna. Deanna. <laughs> We've spoken on a number of occasions. <laughs> well, we got it now. All right. Well, perfect. I had something very unusual happen to me the other day that I wanted to get your take on. Okay. Uh, I have pretty large property out here in Gig Harbor, so every year in mid-October, a lot of plants have to come into the garage. Uh, things that are somewhat rare, somewhat expensive, uh, tetrapanic, cytopanic, things like that. Yeah. So we got all that done, and I went out a week later, and I had happened to have had a Cucura, delivered from a nursery in Puyallup. It's called uh, Fire Chief. That's probably not too important. But Yeah, I've seen uh, it. brought yep. it in, and a week later I went out to check it, and it was just drooping really bad. So I thought, all right, needs more water. Gave it more water, came back another week, and it was worse. <laughs> so finally, a couple days ago, I thought, well, I'm going to take it and cut it to the base of the pot and hope for the best. So I reached in, and before I knew it, I was holding the entire plant in my hand, but it had no roots, it so they had been 
clipped off at the soil level. There's a couple of things so that I might have done it. I came the house and Googled it. Okay, I Googled go ahead. It and uh, came up with something called vine weevil. Yeah. So my question to you, uh, is that what it was? And if it was, did it ride in on the delivery truck, or is it something I grew here? Well, I, so the first question I have for you is, uh, do you see little notches out of the leaves of, like, your rhododendrons and other plants in your garden? Um, got lots of rhodes, and a couple of them are sensitive to root weevil, but prevailing throughout the garden, the answer is no. So not not much weevil damage. Well, no. it, it could. there's two things that could happen. It might be that the weevils were in that pot, and nobody knew it, and so, you know, you wouldn't have noticed that when you planted them, the larvae down there, and they just scarfed all the roots, because that's just what weevils do. They eat the roots. Well, they love hucra. I didn't uh, remove it from the pot. It came in a little quart pot, and it spent the summer out oh. outside in that pot, so I oh. would not have had occasion to even look for larvae. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm willing to bet anything you nailed it when you did the search. That's almost undoubtedly root weevils that are in that pot. And uh, here's what I wouldn't do. Did, did you take it out of the pot and plant it? No, no, I have Thank done God. nothing. Uh, I wanted to call you first. <laughs> Good, because you'd be unleashing probably a whole lot of root weevils. You may have already. They may have... Um, they may have made cocoons and come out as adults already out of there. But, uh, I, so I better get out there and dump the whole thing. I'd get rid of that, yeah. i just throw that in, uh, in the clean green or the garbage, whatever you got to do to get that out of your garden. And don't let, you know, you don't want to introduce more weevils. It might be a kind you don't have. It could be anything. Absolutely. You know, I when I go to the nursery, and I, you know, I love nurseries. I never would put them down. They do such a great job. But the thing about uh, whenever I go to one, I look at the plants I buy, and if I see notches out of the leaves, <laughs> I go, I'm not buying any of those. <laughs> they might have weevils because weevils are horrible things to deal with. I mean, they get on a lot of different kinds of plants. It's only heuchera that I know of that they eat the roots like that, though. So so having said all of that, then finally, uh, would it be a good idea to call the nursery and let them know that that is a potential issue for them? Yeah, I think, I think I'd call that nursery and say, you know, I got this. I called Cisco. We talked about it, and he said that's a pretty classic thing that happens if weevils get get into the pot with the plant, with heuchera, they'll just eat the roots. And it sure sounds like that's what's happened because you'd know if a mouse got in there or something. That's not oh, what yeah. happened. So, you well, know. thank that, you so much, as usual, for your advice, Cisco. Really appreciate it. Well, that was a, that was a really fun detective question. So uh, uh, thanks a lot for calling. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Well, we don't have much more time, and I'm getting more and more excited because uh, tomorrow morning we're going to drive with friends up to uh, Vancouver, B.C., and then we're going to hop on the big silver bird and and, uh, Japan Airlines. I've never flown on that, and I wonder if they serve sushi on the airplane. 
Probably, I hope not. But, (laughs) oh, this is going to be so fun. All you guys coming with me, I hope you're as excited as I am. But back to business here. I just wanted to say one last really quick email. I think I have time. And that's Lauren said she was at the nursery and she saw a Gravilla Canberra gem uh, for sale and wanted to know. She didn't buy it because she thought, that's not going to be hardy where I live. She lives right in the Seattle area. Well, I have grown Canberra gem. So uh, Gravilla, they come from Australia. And uh, they're real pretty plants. They have these great red flowers all winter long that feed the hummingbirds. I've had great luck with Canberra gem as long as you put them in full sun and really well-drained soil. That's the key. But you notice I said I've grown quite a few of those. (laughs) I have one in my garden right now that's been doing great. Mary's got one called Juniperus, I think, and it's doing really good. And um, so, or it's uh, Juperina, I think. But anyway, whatever it is, a lot of them are hardy. The hardiest is Victoria, if you could find one of those. They're not easy to find. They all bloom all winter long. and uh, But the key is to put that in full sunshine and well-drained soil. You could, you can't cover it in the winter, so you got to hope for the best. And you might lose it, but it's worth trying anyway. They're spectacular. Okay. So not all grevilleas are hardy, though, so you might want to talk to the nursery people and say, how cold can this one go, do you know? So it might say on the take. But, boy, I couldn't have a garden without grevilleas. There's no way. And the hummingbirds sure love them. Okay. Well, all right. We're running out of time fast. So, uh, okay. Uh, hey, listen, we're so lucky we got this rain this week, too. Because if you had things in pots that we're overwintering in pots like I do outside because I have a lot of, you know, centerpieces in my uh, container designs. They're all getting the water you need. You don't have to worry for a long time. I think everything's going to be cool because this was the driest uh, winter we've fall we've had for a long, long time. Okay, everybody. Uh, Nita Joe Roundtree will be here next week. See if you can stump the Tweedle out of her. And I'll be thinking about all you folks while I'm enjoying wonderful Brussels sprouts in Japan. (laughs) See everybody when I get back. Bye, Brian. Bye.